Paris Bafna is a freshman at the University of Minnesota. She is a TikTok influencer, a personal finance advocate, education reform activist, and a somebody on the rise to be able to watch and changing Generation Z in terms of the relationship with money and their future. So this is a great episode. Really enjoyed it and hope you will too. Tap in. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 13 of the season three of the Campus Cuts podcast, or as I say, Campus Cuts talk show. Uh, today, I got a really special guest, somebody I'm, I know I say every guest is special because they're special, but I'm geeked because I got somebody that I didn't think would actually be on. Um, she's a she's a freshman at the University of Minnesota. Um, if you see her on TikTok, you know why. Personal finance. Um, it's all about the people. All about educating. Um, she's a she's. I love her content. She's a beast, and um, you really need to check her stuff out. Um, everybody, welcome to the show, Kari. Welcome. Thank you. Um, yeah, so as you said, I'm from the University of Minnesota. You guys can check me out at pre-bafna, pre.bafna, P-A-R-I-I dot B-A-F-N-A on TikTok. Yeah, 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 no, check your stuff out. Okay, anyway, so um, basically Campus Cuts is a multicultural, intergenerational show that's bringing all people, all walks of life. So from entertainers, athletes, community members, um, students, faculty, just to be able to come in in a space to chop it up, just to talk. And so, um, yeah, so talk about yourself. So what is your name? What is your major um, that you're doing? And then after that, um, why did you decide to go to the University of Minnesota? Then after that, we'll move on from there. Okay, so my name, as you said, is Pri. I am from Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've lived here my entire life. I was born in this area. Um, I just graduated high school, so I will be a freshman at the University of Minnesota. I haven't actually started yet, and my major is computer science. So I will back up a little bit because it's kind of interesting, my whole why I actually decided to go and how I actually ended up here, because my views at the beginning of high school versus now have actually changed a bunch. So I initially went into high school and started my freshman year thinking that I would graduate and go to an Ivy League. I took like 20 plus APs. I completely overloaded myself, like didn't sleep all through high school. Pretty sure I stunted my growth for some time. Um, Like just your A plus Asian student kind of thing. mental health wasn't good just you know just like that trope and you know I actually ended up applying to the the top colleges late um, due to procrastination and I didn't get into the colleges that I wanted to get into and I was kind of dejected for a couple of months and then coronavirus hit and we all went into quarantine Um, I remember I was I went on spring break and then I just never went back to school after that like I graduated online and everything but I began to see like society around me pretty much kind of crumbling a bit these people who went to college got a degree got a job at Google Amazon were being laid off and that was originally the path that I wanted to take and I realized that this narrative and I call it like the middle class narrative that I've been fed my entire life 
was not as stable as I thought it was. You know, like the get a job, go to college, get a job, pay off debt, climb that ladder, vacation for a couple weeks here and there, pay off your mortgage and die. Like that is, that is what that is, right? And I don't want to say that I'm anti-college because I think that academia is so important and especially with solving like the root issues in our society like systematic racism oppression misogyny like whatever it is I think that it's so important so I don't want to come off like some you know guru on YouTube who's promoting my dropshipping course like I don't want to do that um but I think that it's important to realize that there's a lot of things that we haven't been taught in public education or our school systems in general to keep us in the working class and to keep us, you know, producing for Amazon, for Google, for these big companies. And so college is part of that. And I, I call it a scam because when coronavirus hit, no one actually lowered their prices. Like no college actually lowered the prices, which was a big deal to me. I was like, doing the same online like they're not you know they're not able to teach in a professional sense like you are giving people grade f education and so like the only reason i'd be going to a top school or even a in general is one networking and two I would just want that diploma in my hand for credibility so yeah this I started doing TikTok you know as we were discussing and that gave me literally all the connections I, I haven't made this many connections in the past like six months like in my entire life right. literally it has opened so many doors for me but not only that just DMing just DMing people even before I was like, quote unquote, you know, I had a platform before I was like famous. Right. I still had that power to reach out to whoever I wanted to and get a response. Right. And I think that that's something that we don't even consider that like we have the internet at our hands and we can totally use it. You want to go meet someone, you go meet them. You don't need to be in a financial, you don't need to be in a college institution to do that. Right. So my decision to go to the University of Minnesota was mostly based off of the fact that I realized that I believe wouldn't solve my problems. <laughs> so that was, you know, I, I realized that I would be much, much more stable, much more successful here at home. And my plan is to, within a year, move out to LA and go continue my dream there. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you this. So um, that's actually really awesome. And that's really good. And, you know, I posted on my Instagram someday, like, yo, if you're a college student, just if you're a high school graduate, think about going to like a community college and pursue your passions. Because at the end of the day, uh, we like, because I definitely, definitely relate to you in terms of that that trope of the APIB struggle, you know, you're like clawing, trying to figure out, getting stressed over these exams. And, um, you know, you heard it in the background that the educational system is kind of like, it is, ah, 
for lack of better words, failing because now we're looking at the wage gap and you're seeing that the middle class is being erased. And even after you get a graduate, even after you graduate, and you're also seeing like so many people taking on so many loans, um, that doesn't make sense. I think I lost you there, sorry. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying? I was saying like how that doesn't make sense anymore. Just that trope of, I think college, I think uh, higher education is valuable if you're gonna be a doctor or lawyer or whatever, but the internet has opened up so much. <laughs> Dude, yeah, and then that brings me to another point, which is like before us, like I don't know if you're considered Gen Z, I don't know where the line is. I'm not telling you. Before, you are, you are? Okay, so before us came millennials, right? And they were kind of raised in this shelter and then that shelter was all of a sudden broken when they grew up and went to college and realized that like they just put student debt like on their backs. Now they have a job that they probably don't like. They had to deal with the recession of 2008. Um, it's, it's pretty depressing. And so like out of that whole culture came adulting and the concept of like millennial memes. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like these just these concepts that just came out of the millennial area era. And I don't think that Gen Z has to go through that. And that that's kind of one of the things that I'm advocating for on my TikTok and just me in general is like, I grew up and I almost had that mindset of like, oh, growing up is that it has to be like that. So that's just one of those things that I hold true to my heart. Like you can totally either avoid debt or you can eradicate it completely just by learning how to handle finances right right and, that, and that's so that is so true and now you said okay you're going to move out to la for your dream so are you going to graduate like what is your dream if you don't mind so, for sure so i'm actually planning to go into the mortgage industry um I initially wanted to do computer science and I still do. I think that I, it's good to have a base in computer science because right. if you're able to code, you're able to do anything. The you know, new world is going to be built on computers about, around AI. Um, even if I enter the housing market and real estate and mortgages, even if you go into you know, the medical field, you still need to know how to code because it's literally all around us, whether you want to build a platform, an app, you want to do gene coding, whatever it is. Um, I think that it's essential. Um, but one of the things that I hold true to my heart is people and like just the human aspect of a job. And I think that real estate and giving people and selling people homes and selling people loans is just one of those things that you make relationships that last through. Like it's not, I, I do enjoy the startup culture and I do enjoy business but it's just one of those things that you're you're not gonna have i don't want to say long-term friendships but you're not going to have stable friendships you're not going to have you know it's it's going to be a lot a lot a lot of networking and not a lot of those people that you meet are going to have your best interests in mind which obviously goes for any industry but it you know it's just my personal it's just my personal opinion i don't need a college education to go into mortgages. I just need to be a good people person. 
So I think that that's my edge. Right. So that's so good because, you know, at the end of the day, we realize that, um, I mean, there's, I think our culture, our generation is really, really big on shifting from what past generations was profits over people to people over profits. And, you know, now we are like the more socially conscious, you know, more advocacy than ever before. Because now, like, I, I think me growing up, I always thought, okay, yeah, I don't like this. I don't like this. We want to change it. And now that we're getting to the point where we can actually vote and we can get to the point that we can actually now using, um, like, a millennial app such as Facebook and now such as Instagram and Twitter to be able to, act, like, literally shift and cancel people, <laughs> but also actually help people continue to change that narrative. And I really like how you definitely are valuing, like, relationships more than, um, and what a base of like that's such a good why why yeah, no no no. that's such a good why to have oh, yeah 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 a good reason for sure I I mean I definitely didn't I think there's a lot of growth that goes into it because when I was younger I was definitely profits over people I did not think that relationship with the humans around me or like the humans in this world was as important as my own personal success really? but in the end just yeah really i i've done a i mean it's surprising but i've i've grown a lot in the past four years and like originally it was literally just like sure i'll i'll donate to organizations on the side and i'll i'll try to be the best person that i can be but in the end i i want to get to the top but you sort of realize that like when you look at it as a whole whole scale kind of thing and you look at your life and it kind of gets into like the philosophy of everything kind of. And I think that that's important to consider when we're talking about these, these topics um, that like once you get to the end of life, end of your life and you're sitting on your deathbed, like you don't want to look back and just have, you know, material success as what you've achieved. And so I never considered that before. It was always short-term gratification and just like that, you know, that small dopamine dopamine rush that you get when you're receiving something or when you have gotten a good grade. It's just that kind of mindset. I never really thought way ahead into the future and what would matter in 30 years because I never was forced to. But when quarantine hit and, you know, when I was forced to kind of grow up a little bit, I was like, dude, like people are losing their lives over here. People are going through life changing phases. Um, there's just a lot going on and any of it could be me. I think that an important factor in all this is having empathy. And that's truly what changed me. Wow. That's wild. And so um, don't correct me if I'm wrong, but do you come from, are you a first generation American? Like your parents came from India? Or yeah, my, my dad came from India and he went to college here. Okay, and then what about your mom? She, her as well, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, so there you go. So um, yeah, just talk about you being, just having that first generation American like experience coming with, with immigrant parents and all that because I'm like, I'm a child of an immigrant too, right? And, and so, you know, just that pressure of like growing up, like doing well, school, 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 school. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure, I know that's a stereotype because I went to a definitely a very diverse school, high school, where, you know, I was filled with like so many people that were from, especially from Southeast Asia, um, Asian and both Indian and just all that. And I know that the pressure that they really had to embark on was <laughs> like this, 
was that your experience? So I think that it was my experience in a way. I'm thankful to have parents who are also a bit open-minded as well. Okay. Um, my family is also extremely spiritual. Like, so, so I think that the path, especially that I'm planning to take, it took a while for my parents to come around um, because it doesn't require a college degree. Like I said, like anyone can do it in a way and that's that's kind of what they didn't like about it and even TikTok, like i had to convince them that this was important like i had to convince them that this new way that i've found to network with other people and this new way of influence was better than what i'd get from college or what i'd get from my professors or what i you know what i get from harvard but at the end of it it's pretty logical like i can fight my case i can say like you know, I have this many followers and if I ever wanted to buy, you know, when I created my startup, um, Jumpstart, I haven't talked about it yet, but when I created my startup, I got most of the people who are on it right now um, from TikTok. And that just goes to show you like just the importance and just how incredibly powerful social media is and how we shouldn't continue to follow old ways of college. And so I think that's what they, what kind of opened them up to what I was doing. But before this, they were definitely, like before all this, before quarantine, before I had changed into this person that I am today, they were definitely all for me taking all these AP classes. They were proud of me where I was, you know, getting all A's, my plan to go to an Ivy League school. And I've had that pressure pushed put on me. And it, I think that's one of the hardest things was just kind of like getting out of my parents' mindset in a way. I don't know if that completely answers your question. <laughs> Let me know. You know, it does. It does. It does. And I really think that's such an interesting concept, like, um, concept to really think about because um, I know there's a lot of people, you know, you hear like Gary Vee that said, like, if you want to, like, pursue, like, your dream, like, you're just going to have to block out your parents. But also understand, have the empathy to talk to them and understand where they're coming from because you don't know, like, the struggles and the stories that they had to come through and what they did, right? Because so it's a mix of a little bit of projection, but also a little bit of you trying to protect you and trying to give what's the best of what worked. But now we're in, in a completely different time where things are being, like, things are happening so fast, right? Yeah, and I think a little bit of it is, like just to touch on the racial side of it, um, I think there's an incredibly toxic mindset, especially in like the first generation Asian community. And you've probably heard of it. It's the model minority mindset. Absolutely. And I think that I had to like literally teach my parents out of this mindset and teach myself out of this mindset, especially because I remember thinking like, I am, a good minority like if i go sit in a job interview like yes i will be i will have a higher percentage i will have a higher probability of being hired just because i'm indian um minus the fact that i'm a woman but like <laughs> you know and i remember thinking that that was an advantage that i had and when it's it, it's really just a privilege like i have to i have to call it what it is and it is just this model minority mindset And it's not true because in a perfect world, no one, you know, we would all be equal, obviously. Um, 
So I think that that is also important to consider because there's a difference between someone who is African coming to America and someone who's Indian or um, some other type of Asian coming to America. I think that's definitely, it's a different narrative. Right. That, yeah, that's definitely so true. And I really liked how we're going to dive a little bit into that when I ask, you know, this questions about like equity and representation, but yeah, talk about your business. Like, okay, how, like, what was the step to, um, okay, what first took you to like start producing content on TikTok and then how and why did you start your business jumpstart? Okay. So this goes back also when I went into high school and when I came kind of like started my freshman year of high school. So I remember that I wanted to be either an engineer or I wanted to be like a business owner. And I took a bunch of these business classes. I took economics. I took, um, you know, the whole spiel. Like I just, I, I pretty much just overloaded myself. And I remember ending my freshman year of high school. And then I ended my sophomore year of high school. And I came to the realization that I never actually applied any of my knowledge and I never actually learned anything. All I did was memorize from a textbook and just see the narrative of other business owners. And I never, you know, all I was doing was memorizing. So we know how it goes. We've all done school. <laughs> and so, so I was just like, dude, I gotta, you know, like I, I'm, I can't, I still can't go stand up in front of a whole room of people and talk about my, you know, pitch my idea. I can't do that. I don't have the confidence. I don't, I've just never done that. Like what the hell am I supposed to do? So I ended up signing up for this networking event and I was, I think I was in my sophomore year of high school. I signed up for Minneapolis's Techstar Startup Weekend. Um, I think that they're international at this point, but I, I went to this event and I learned the importance of networking. I learned the importance of communication. I met a bunch of cool business owners who were like 30 years older than me. And I like learned like head on, not even from a teacher who had been teaching it for a couple of years. I learned from business owners themselves who had startups, who had companies, who were established. And I was like, this is, this is definitely not what they're teaching in schools. Like what they're teaching in schools is completely outdated and it's not even providing any value to students. And so that's not even when I started Jumpstart. I actually went, went to one the year after my junior year and I didn't know it at the time, but it was run by high school students and college students. And so they all graduated and I ended up talking to one of them and they gave me the spot to like, they pretty much handed the company off to me and they were like, okay, you can run the next one in 2020. And so I was set to run the startup weekend this year, but coronavirus hit. And as a result of COVID, we had to figure out, like my team and I, we had to figure out a way to have an online model. And so a couple of my friends created Jumpstart and it's a virtual online competition for students to have experience-based learning, especially within startups. So like whether it's e-commerce, um, just startups in general, ed tech. Um, we, we had our first event this May and it went international. There was over 350 participants. Um, I initially started my TikTok with the intention of promoting Jumpstart and like marketing it and getting, getting people from 
all facets of the globe to join. Um, and that's, that's pretty much what happened. But I continued to make content and try to educate people through the brand Jumpstart. Like my name used to be pre.jumpstart on TikTok. Right. Uh, this was around, this was around May when the first event launched. And then one of my videos about personal finance took off. And I just remember people were commenting, like it literally blew up and people, there was just, it was mainly people from Gen Z and like younger people, but there was also a couple of millennials who were just like, dude, I never learned this in school. Like, why don't they teach this in school? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm going to keep doing this because there's obviously value in whatever I'm doing. Right. And imagine if I could get as many followers as Charlie D'Amelio, like imagine how much you can change the world. Right. And there's the, and I think that that brings it to the conversation of like equity, like you were saying, right. um, in my opinion, social media is the best tool, not even social media, just, just TikTok because of the algorithm itself. Right. It is the best tool to promote equity because you are reaching someone who hasn't even been affected by, majorly affected by the effects of classism or racism yet because they're so young that they haven't gone to college. They haven't gone to, you know, they haven't gotten a job yet. So there's little like Johnny or whatever his name is, who's from middle America, right? He's from a middle-class family. He's a sophomore in high school, doesn't really understand or need to worry about finances yet. He's, you know, running off of his parents' money. He's scrolling through TikTok one day and a video pops up on his For You page talking about long-term, low-risk investing. Right. And Johnny's always thought that stocks were like, for rich people, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, like he's, right. we, that's all we see. We see in mainstream media, we just see hedge fund managers who are old and crinkly and white. And <laughs> that's, that's the narrative, right? So we always push ourselves away from that. But now little Johnny is inclined to tell his parents that he wants to open a custodial account and begin to invest. And he starts learning about investing and he even gets his parents to start doing it. So now his parents have started a retirement fund and little Johnny's over here learning, you know, becoming financial, financially literate. So by the time that he graduates, he is completely in control of his finances and he can decide for himself if he wants to go to college, he can decide what he wants to do. He can decide what his goals are. And it's all because he has financial freedom. It's all because he doesn't have money holding him back anymore because he's confident in himself. He's been doing the adulting um, this entire time. And it was TikTok that opened the doors for him. Even if it wasn't TikTok that taught it to him, I think it's that representation that TikTok brings. Yes. So. That's honestly such a really, really good point that you even talked about it. And, and so now for you, because I, I remember growing up, like, you know, or you look at Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, or like books like that. You only you only see people that are like people um, non of color or people that associated with the model minority talk about it. But like you being a woman, you being a, a person that is like um, that's Indian, you being somebody that is young, like talk about the the why your influence, like the importance of influence in your life and how it has transformed you. Like, and what does it mean to have an influence since you like, quote unquote are an influencer in an influencer world? Yeah. So first of all, I, I want to say that I wouldn't, at this point, I wouldn't even get 
like mad at someone who looked at me and was surprised that I do what I do because mainstream media has zero representation. Zero. And so like, I can't even hold that against them. Um, so for me, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Gary V, there's this whole like, like culture around hyper-masculine, grinding, like hustle culture. And I think that it's incredibly toxic and I don't want to associate myself with it. And I, I have a couple of videos on Rich Dad, Poor Dad where I'm summarizing the entire book. And I get a lot of criticism. <laughs> I get a lot of criticism for the book itself because like the dude was not a good businessman. He wasn't a good person. He, he was selfish pretty much, but he had a couple, he had a couple of things that he said that I think is, is good for middle-class people to hear. And so that's the reason that I, you know, told a story and I'm glad that I chose his book because I'm translating what this middle-aged dude, almost white dude, white passing dude is saying, and I'm saying it in my own words and people are listening to like me say it right so like that in and of itself is the representation because i know that if i was saying it no one would necessarily listen to me because like what credibility do i have and right. so it's me re-saying what people have been saying this entire time what you know what these top tier people have been saying for so many years and so like i don't know the the importance of representation there is just, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's, it's more like I, I'm like welcoming more of starting my TikTok and sort of getting into the space is so that more literally like hijabis, Asian people, Muslims, like I don't care who you are, please come and join this community and let's all, I think there's a time and space. I think that there's a, a place in the future where every single person has a social media following of above 10,000. And that is just an infinite amount of representation. And we won't even have to rely on mainstream media anymore. We're all using websites like TikTok, platforms like TikTok. And you have millions and millions and millions of people who are influencers but they're not necessarily influencers they're just models of representation and they're talking about different things that they're doing and i think that's what tiktok is creating so i don't know i i think it is cutting out that that i, I call it toxic positivity that gary v and what you know whoever else is promoting where it's like put your head down and just work and you'll achieve success when that's not necessarily true at this stage because we have socioeconomic borders stopping us not even socioeconomic like gender right. race whatever it is um and i keep saying tiktok but just the way that this has been set up this platform i think that things like this will continue to break that down and right. continue to represent the people who are minorities as of right now right right this is good the reason why like and I'm really glad that people do follow you, you know? People are actually are, are fans of your content and fans of your stuff because, um, you know, <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine. I'm just like, man, Twitter is such a weird place because you literally have people shaking their ass 
<laughs> getting millions of views. Too. Hold on, the WAP dance? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, like, there's nothing wrong. Like, there's a time and a place for it. But I mean, but at the same time, like, how, like, how is that stuff getting more views than like stuff that is actually out there, inspiring and motivating and moving people that's transforming their lives? You know? I I genuinely think it's because of. For me, um, it's because of mainstream media and how we've decided to put more emphasis on sexualizing women's bodies than emphasis on anything else. Like we're literally told that, first of all, romance is this number one thing that we should strive for. Like, do you know how many romantic movies are out there? That in and of itself is, you know, a, a problem yeah. uh, because it's just following this fantasy. And I think a lot of people I mean, I could talk about this for hours, but I think that a lot of people follow what's in movies and what's in books and what's in fairy tales and expect that out of a relationship. And that's why so many of them fail because they're just searching for this thing that's not there. And it's literally just been fed to us by, you know, by Hollywood and by whatever it is. Um, most like seven families literally paying so much money to feed you in life. No, yeah. And it's to make us like buy things and think that we're, it's, it's capitalism. Like it's literally just capitalism. Right. Making us feel like we need something and we need to buy something to live this happy life, to attract the opposite gender, to attract the same gender, like whatever it is. Um, but to the point about like shaking ass, I, I don't think that those people shaking ass would not, would have gotten, obviously would have gotten their platform if it weren't for the thousands and thousands of people watching them. So like, wouldn't I, I i know that you're not blaming the person i i'm just saying that like wouldn't wouldn't blame the person shaking the ass i would just blame the society <laughs> that's deciding to like that right, right and the 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 people who are making that the most important thing to value in our society or whatever it is yeah so yeah yeah man and um Wow, just that, that is, there's so much to unpack there, but whew, <laughs> well, that's a conversation for a different day. And so um, with that though, how has your identity, you know, you being a woman, um, shaped your worldview? Like, well, like, well, I mean, okay. So, and I guess this is more of like a, a question about, you know, intersectionality, right? And mm -hmm. how has all your intersections of your whole being, how has that changed your worldview? How has that shaped it? Yeah, so I got into this a little bit before, like what we were talking about right now with the shaking ass thing. I don't think that I would have been able to t have this conversation with you or even bring up my perspectives if I wasn't a woman, because I realized that, yo, if I, if I got on the internet and I made a TikTok on my account and I was shaking my ass, I would lose all of my like respect for my followers. I would get massive amounts of hate everything that I was saying before that, even if the videos were top tier, the best, the best ever content, they would lose all their validity. No one would take me seriously. And like, I have to accept that reality that like, if one day I'm maybe not looking my best, if maybe one day I, my voice is a little bit higher in a video, if one day I fuck up, people are gonna use the fact that I'm a woman against me. And this has to, this has, this is a thing that minorities deal with as well, like racial minorities, where their entire existence, 
is just defined by their their skin tone and I feel like there's a lot of eyes on me um just as a female and even that like like pretty privilege I know that I have it being when people see me they just assume that I am stupid <laughs> um like I touched on this before if someone if someone saw me and was surprised that I do what I do I wouldn't be surprised mm. and I wouldn't be mad as well because like you know we haven't had that representation but for me it's just having to accept that like I alongside teaching personal finance and alongside trying to change a generation and alongside trying to help people gain wealth and get financial freedom or whatever it is I also need to break down barriers like there's no way that that can't go hand in hand and you know like if I was a white male I wouldn't have to deal with these things and I wouldn't have to make them a problem but just because of my identity I need to which is both a blessing and a curse right. <laughs> so so like you know it's a, a follow-up question to that is how like you know there's a, there's a, there's some pressure like you know you're at a point where you know you built your personal brand um how do you manage the anxiety that look or the potential anxiety and get yourself outside of that you know what i'm just gonna put the phone down i don't need to be on social media um like i just need to put this around because too many times like you know i mean of course we know that these apps have been built to be, keep us addicted using like you know holograms and diagrams and colorizations and you literally having psychologists come in there to be able to help make people like yo get you stay on there so how do you how do you find the balance of like all right cool maybe this is too much i need to really take a step back and like not I think that, pressure. yeah um so at least for like the phone addiction piece i a large part of it is having mindfulness and that kind of goes into the realm of spirituality or religion or whatever you believe in. Um, for me, it's spirituality and realizing that when I'm on my phone, there are certain chemicals in my brain that are being released and dopamine and that I am slowly, like, it's just like any other drug. Like I need to look at it like it's marijuana. I need to look at it like it's cocaine. I need to look at it like it's any other drug because humans inherently are addictive creatures. Like we will get addicted to love. Love is a chemical, right? We'll get, we'll get addicted to a person. Anything can, any pleasure on this planet can become a curse. And so I think the minute that you start looking at it like that and not looking at it like, oh no, I'm just having fun watching uh, like a cat eat something on the internet. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, you have to look at it like this is just over stimulizing, stim stimulizing your brain. <laughs> and once you realize that, you will start to learn different aspects of it. So for, for example, the generations before us, they were able to sit down and spend hours of the day sitting out in nature reading a book. They were able to spend hours of the day going and painting a fence. They were able to spend hours of the day gardening. And we're not even able to sit down and read a book for class for even 30 minutes or even read that book, for example. Like I remember going throughout high school, like I don't think I read one textbook throughout high school. And it was just because like, 
I could not focus. And a lot of that is just scientifically, it is because of our technology and our phones. And you'll start to realize that it's because of this dopamine rush. And there's, I think there's a YouTube series on this, but it's called Dopamine Detox. Mm -hmm. And the minute that I started to become aware that it's just, it's just, it's just a unsaid addiction, I, I was like, okay, I need to pretty much give myself rehab. So if I, I also started doing a bit of journaling, not really like you probably think, it was more like at the end of the day, I, well, at the beginning of the day, I'll set a list of goals for myself. And when it reaches the end of the day, I will ask myself if I'm proud of myself. And these goals go for anything. They go for relationships with other people around me. Um, they go for like my mental health, um, as well as like, you know, if I couldn't handle my emotions and I snapped at someone or I got angry at someone or I cried about something stupid, like it's a lot of, the, the whole point of it is to be mindful about my entire day and how I spend my time. So if I go throughout the day and I, and I reach the end of the day and I'm like, okay, I was not proud of this. I didn't get to this. I ask myself why. And if it's because I've been on my phone, it's, if it's because I was looking at a hate comment for like 30 minutes, if it was because I was responding to someone's petty DM, then I ask myself like, why? And I make an action plan for the next day to ha like how to prevent that and then i use that onward and so like i literally have my little my little journal right here like it's it's one of the things that has helped me and it's not just because of you know writing it down like a diary it's just genuinely because it's a great structured way to prevent yourself from falling into a cycle so that's how i deal with it that's good that's awesome that's awesome and, and, like, and, you know, of course, you know, that's actually another question, like, you know, the, like, you know, you hear everybody say, oh, man, you can get all this love in you, then, then there's that one hate comment. Um, how, how was the very first time, how was your reaction to the very first time you ever got received hate? So, I, I expected to receive hate, and I oh, was why? like... Why, why, why would you... Because I was on TikTok before... I started making videos like I was watching TikToks before I started making videos and I would go to like you know this girl's account who is extremely successful and they'd look at her comments and it's just like a a bunch of little boys sexualizing her a bunch of little boys trying to discredit her a bunch of little boys you know talking about her like bikini pictures mm. I don't know so like just kind of that representation again um when when we see a successful woman we always, there, there's just always going to be that couple of hate comments down in her comment section that's going to be sexist. When we see a guy like Gary Vee, we won't expect anything like that. You know, there's no space for even this discussion of sexuality when it comes to Gary Vee. So I don't know. I, I expected the hate because I was just like, this is just what has been conditioned in people's heads all this time. Even into my head, like I fully when I come, when I come across a girl across my, on, on my feed, like my first, the first place that my mind goes is to like, not sexualizing her, but, you know, thinking about other people sexualizing her or even like just this whole, this whole mindset. Like I, if I saw a guy, I wouldn't think of that. I would just think about, oh, okay, this is normal. But sorry, what was the original question? Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. like, 
rambling off. No, no, but that's, I really think it was just more of like, you know, how I was like, what was the first time you received hate and like, why would you even yeah. like to receive hate? And, um, yeah. Um, so the first time I received hate, I think it was just this one guy DM'd me and I, I think I like ignored his DM or something like that. And he, you know, it isn't always guys also. It's, it's sometimes it's girls who have internalized misogyny. Um, and sometimes it's not even sexist people. They're just people. I mean, there's a difference between criticizing my content and, you know, straight up attacking my character. Um, but I, I'm able to continue to make that distinction every day. And I, I hope that it doesn't get to my ego. But what this guy did was he, he DM'd me and I like completely forgot about the DM. Like sometimes they just get tossed underneath because there are so many. Like when you DM me, I almost, I was so thankful that I saw it because I got like a hundred DMs that day. And Whoa. like, it just, I, no, literally like this was, this was not luck. It was, it was fate. Okay. <laughs> it was fate. Time. Like what? 11, 11. <laughs> no, exactly. No, but he he ended up going into my comment section and this was like while i was sleeping that's like the scariest part is i'll post a video at 12 12 a.m 12 a.m at night and i'll go to sleep and i'm so scared that in the morning my video will just have blown up and someone you know there's just some hate comment about something and like my entire i've been canceled like i'm just it's just my worst fear well, but that's, that's pretty much what happened it's crazy cancel culture is crazy it's scary bro i've already like Loki, I've started my draft apology for like the things that I could, I would already, that I would probably fuck up on. Like, I don't know, my like draft explanation. Like sometimes I'm in the shower and I'm just like, okay, so this is pre, you can't be defensive. Like, you know, you can't, this, you can't be, you know, Laura Lee or whatever, whatever her name was. All the people who have apologized, you can't be like them. You have to be genuine. You have to be your own person. Okay, whatever I was saying before. <laughs> so the the guy he ended up commenting on my um one of my posts and he was just like you really think that you're all that like you you know you're you're just this like girl who you know don't think that you're more special than you are like how dare you ignore my dm and there's just a bunch of responses underneath that like damn is she a bitch damn like oh bro and i was just like y'all are so like i am not about to have you guys assume like, I don't care and I shouldn't care, but it's just, it's just one of those things where it's like people feel the need and the entitlement right. to assume your entire character based off of like the smallest things, but it's fine now. I really have learned to grow from it and it makes you, it makes you a hard ass person. Like it definitely makes you have bones of steel or whatever the saying is. Right. <laughs> to like really truly be comfortable with yourself and understand like, mm -hmm. hey man, like it is what it is. Like I'm here to be my authentic self. And honestly, we all know that, you know, um, whenever somebody is projecting that, like it's more about them than it is actually about you. And then you're just actually happen to be in your path. And, you know, that's where the question is, okay, are you going to therapy? How are you hitting yourself spiritually? Like, yo, like take care of yourself. You know what I mean? No, exactly. I'm, I remember like looking at all the hate comments and I'm just like, these people are in pain. Like, that's it. These people just, I feel bad for them, which is true. Like you, you feel bad for them. And then you're also kind of like, fuck you in your head, <laughs> but you feel bad for them because it's like, dude, I used to be bitter as well. Like I used to be bitter too. I used to be a little girl who would hate on everybody. I wouldn't necessarily post comments, but 
I was judgmental. I would gossip. I mean, this is back in like elementary school, but I had the mindset. Cool. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I think everybody, everybody has that at that point in time. And then after that, once you start, um, I don't even say growing up because I, I don't like the word growing up. But just love like, okay, hey, you know, like you start to mature and you start to be able to have a deeper understanding of like your mind-body connection and just you um, and like just the way that you were raised and your development, how these habits and how the stuff is like you are a product of your environment and how you exuded that, right? And, um, but man, like it's, I, I see the thing is like you saying this and again, remember the only reference that I had was from TikTok. And I really think that's like, mm-hmm. It is so crazy to think I was, my little sisters, right? I'm like my full family. They are always talking about Obani and Charlie DM, you know, Charlie and all them. And they're like, oh, I love this person. Like, how do you love a person that you don't know? (laughs) Like, like, everybody has the capability of becoming a celebrity. Like, like I, I say that, honestly, most people don't even need to be famous because you are already a mini celebrity to somebody else, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. I like that. <laughs> like, no, everybody, and like, see, like, this little phone can be like, hey, guys, what's up? You know, this is me, like, and you have a following, you're a celebrity, or like, you always have an admirer, and like, you, you never know if you, like, there's always someone looking up to you. It doesn't matter who you are. And I just think that's like, that's, that's insane. Yeah, about the Charlie D'Amelio thing, um, I've, I am guilty of like, you know, stalking her a couple of times, stalking Avani, stalking whoever it is. And literally it's just mindless scrolling at that point. Like I'm just doing it because everybody else is doing it. And so it goes back to that like dopamine detox. You really have to just stop over, over stimulating yourself. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh man, um, I just, I love your transparency. So. Honestly. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, for sure. Okay, 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 cool. cool. Yeah, I can. You were frozen for a little bit, but you're good. Um, so now this is another bigger picture question is, what is one thing that you would like to see change in the United States? Okay, so... I know that you have a bunch of things, but like what, or like, what is the thing that you would like to change, see change? For me, um... Yeah, there are a bunch of things. Wow, there's there's a bunch <laughs> of issues, but I think that an all-encompassing thing is, I mean, I have one side of me that's like, I, I want to spread per, like the idea of personal finance and helping people build wealth, but also you have to know what to do with that money. You have to have a good character. You have to, you know, there's a bunch of prerequisites that go into handling money and i think that i think that before that well what we need to do as a society as a whole is continue to enforce the idea of empathy i think that empathy needs to be seen as something that isn't a weakness and for so long it has been seen as something that is a weakness it's been seen as a mainly feminine characteristic you know we bring up Wolf of Wall Street again, like that guy is looked up to. People want to be him. Little boys in this country want to be him. And they're gonna one day be in charge of this country and they're gonna look up to people like that. They're gonna look up to people like Donald Trump. They're gonna look up to people, even like Joe Biden. Like, I don't, I mean, obviously it's not political. It's just the people who are famous right now. And pop. 
popular right now. Like it's 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 scary that we don't we don't give empathy the the you know like whatever it deserves because it's it goes empathy goes around in all facets of life. So for example, I've used it in advertising. Uh, you know, when we need to market, we need to use empathy. We need to connect to the audience. don't realize how important that is to understand universal humans work and so the one thing that I will always work towards is over you know enforcing enforcing empathy over anything else just enforcing human connection over anything else I will continue to say that and that means loving yourself, but not, you know, not just getting a bath bomb and sitting in a bathtub, but genuinely loving yourself to forgive yourself, to, to never tell yourself if you're, if you're in bed all day um, that you're being unproductive, right. to learn that there's certain things that we've been conditioned to think, to hate about ourselves just because of capitalism. Right. I think that it starts there. I think it starts with, okay, here it is. I got it. <laughs> I want to spread the idea that we have to begin unconditioning, unconditioning ourselves from the capital mindset. Whether that's learning to love yourself, learning to not enter, not think of yourself as just like a worker, not think that a nine to five is your only way to success, not thinking that college is your way to success, thinking that empathy isn't a good thing, thinking that helping others isn't, it make, is a weakness, you know? I think that is, we got there. That is my number one thing that I would need and want America to fix about itself and the world. Right, right. And so like, and I think the, my next follow-up question of that is like, do you think that billionaires should exist? I mean, I remember reading some Instagram posts about like, you know, how like I mean the rich got richer right of course <laughs> um and um the concept of a billion compared to a million and and you know and of course you know um if people actually do read we know that you know most of like the valuation of a company like it's like it's just a valuation of how they're valued due to how successful that they are they may not necessarily have 200 billion but that might be their net worth but still for a person to have a net worth of like 200 bill you talk about Mansa Musa, you know, all them. Like, do you think that um, that should be allowed? Or do you think the rich should get taxed? I don't know, because, whew, baby. I mean, I... I think people is that it also shouldn't be a politicized issue of having to tax the rich. I think that taxing the rich is necessary. Like if you're taxing everybody else, why aren't you taxing the rich? Um, that being said, I make videos on tax loopholes that wouldn't exist if, if um, it, it wasn't a thing that billionaires use to avoid taxes. So I think that we have to reconsider how our society is structured to even talk about the idea of billionaires and trillionaires. Like we have to reconsider the idea of money. So I can't, 
I can't necessarily give you an answer because I obviously like in principle, if there are people starving, if there are people who don't have homes, like the whole statistic of there are more empty homes in the United States than um, homeless people. That is, that is fucking crazy. That is because the middle class is disappearing. That is because of wealth disparity gaps. Like all that shit would be fixed if there was no concept of billionaire. But then we also get into um, Andrew Yang and his policies and universal basic income and these things that have never been implemented before. And I think that it's those things that should be considered, just things that have not been considered before instead of trying to put a Band-Aid on how our society is structured today. So like, obviously it's a giant, it's a giant issue that I can't even sit with you and talk about <laughs> in, its, in its entirety today right now. Right. But like long story short, there are some serious issues in our society and I completely agree with that. Right. And the idea of billionaires is unethical at this point. Like we already know that they're doing some unethical stuff. So yeah, and then some, and then like and we all know it's not a conspiracy that some of them be doing crazy stuff to children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That should not be a thing. That is a whole. There's a whole. That's a whole other conversation. But like, there's, dude. There's so much stuff coming out during quarantine. Like we're all just sitting here on our phones. Like a new news story every week. Like, yeah. <laughs> right, man. Oh, man. Uh... All right, so that's towards the end of the podcast. This is like kind of like the bigger questions that I usually want, like more of like you know future questions. So um, now going back to your fresh, like what would what are three things that you would tell your freshman year self? My freshman year self in college? No, I'm talking about freshman year self in high school. What are your top okay. three things that you would say to your younger self, your freshman year self? I would tell myself to not put my worth in how much I, like how good my grades are or how, you know, how good I do on a test or how, you know, whatever it is, how good I look someday. I would tell myself to not put my worth in that because all of those things have been, I've been conditioned to think that I need to that these things have value. I've pretty much been conditioned to think that these things have value. So, you know, instead of being sad the entire day because I got like 85% on a test, I would tell myself to learn how to accept that and not only accept that, but use that to better myself in the future. I would tell myself to literally, no matter who I'm around, always have a growth mindset. I would tell myself that like, that is the difference between people who succeed and people who don't, people who give up and people who don't. It is just that growth mindset and the fact that people don't let it get to their ego and realize that their mind is always growing and it's always changing and they can always learn things. And then lastly, I would just tell myself to start learning on the internet sooner. And um, not only just, you know, like, learning for my classes, but learning other things, learning maybe how to speak a different language, maybe how to code earlier, how to do Facebook ads. I would probably, I'd probably tell myself to get into dropshipping because that was, fidget spinners weren't a thing 
yet, but they, they became big and they were a dropshipping product. So I would tell myself to dropship fidget spinners. <laughs> that, is, that is the last thing. Oh, 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 that's so great. And the last question of the podcast is, what do you want your legacy to be? Okay, so I think that at that point I'd go back to just being a an educator for Gen Z and just showing the world that they can literally do anything, um, especially young people, that they can literally do anything once they are confident in their financial literacy. Once they're confident in their place in the world, they can literally do whatever they want. And so just for that reason, teaching people the importance of financial literacy, just so they can go out and be free and then apply whatever that they need to, to help solve a problem or to, you know, whatever it is, like knit in their house, go on vacation. I just want to be the reason that people seek happiness. So, yeah. Wow. This is my last segment of the show. Um, I do things to cure differently, and this is the Speak Life segment. Um, I'm a Christian, and it says in the Bible that James, like, you know, um, your tongue can either bring life or death, but I really think that speaking positivity is so important. So this is me going to speak life over to you. Uh, Bri, I don't know you personally like that, but just from this conversation alone, you just so and demonstrate such great wisdom and such a great, you know, an aura and energy and just the way that you are continuing to inspire and impact so many people. Um, your light and your way that you are moving a generation to continue to enlighten themselves is just so beyond, like, who would have ever thought, you know, yeah, man, I'm right here, 18, 19, you're impacting, like, thousands of people. And, you know, everybody says they want to make an impact, but you are literally are living that day in, day out. And so I just want to just throw your flowers to you and give them to you while you're still here and say that thank you so much for that you're doing for our, our generation. Thank you so much for you being you. Thank you so much for you being transparent and honest. And thank you so much for just continuing to be an example of what it means to be a good person and human being. So I'm so appreciative of you coming on the podcast. I'm so appreciative for all that you're doing. I just hope that you just keep it up and you keep going. So yeah. Yeah, and same goes to you, dude. I loved doing this. And I hope that someone, I hope that everyone watching can take something out of it. Um, thank you for having me. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening. Yeah, and we are... Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure you go watch the podcast on YouTube if you haven't. And make sure you go follow us on IG Campus Cuts Pod and follow us on each and every social media network. Thank you so much for the help. Hopefully that we can get up back to where we were and hope you have a blessed day. Continue to share it, like it, love it, subscribe, and enjoy your time. Peace.